you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're officially one week away from NFL free agency madness. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20, that's LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. I'll also tell you how you can help us crown a Built Bar champion later in the podcast. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnNFLPods and following me, Bo Brock, at Bobrack, B-O-B-R-A-C-K. It's International Women's Day, and we're going to celebrate by having a pair of incredible football minds. Paige Demakos, who's the CEO of the Draft Network, she'll join us. What's the most electric story of the 2021 NFL Draft in Paige's opinion? Plus, we're going to talk to Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants. She's going to tell us how the G-Men can make a giant-sized jump in 2021. Quarterback Daniel Jones' third season, head coach Joe Judge enters his second season. Now, tomorrow is the deadline for the franchise tags, and there's a gigantic storm brewing. We've got a pair of players that have been tagged or are expected to be tagged. It's Taylor Moten, the right tackle, expected to receive the franchise tag from the Carolina Panthers. Should cost the team between $13.5 to $14 million. And then the Denver Broncos for the second straight season are tagging safety Justin Simmons and hope to work out a multi-year contract between now and July. But the storm that's brewing, and there could be lightning today, it's Dak Prescott. What's Dallas going to do with their quarterback? What's going to happen in the next 24 hours? Dallas can't let him hit free agency. The Cowboys were the NFL's top offense with Dak in the lineup until he had that gruesome broken leg. And a second franchise tag in 2021 would cost the Dallas Cowboys over $37 million. $37.6 million. The CBA mandated a 20% raise. It was an absolute certainty before Prescott even got hurt. This is where it gets really preposterous. Like, if they can't work at a multi-year deal with Dak Prescott, he either becomes an unrestricted free agent. If he gets tagged, he'll stare down the same scenario in 2022. If he gets a third franchise tag, that's a 44% increase over the 2021 cap figure. To $54.2 million. An absurd amount of money. That's, that's an incredible amount of lettuce. And if Dak plays his cards right, he could be the next Kirk Cousins, who over the last six seasons has made the most guaranteed dollars out of anybody. He's made over $190 million over the last six years. Because he was tagged a pair of times by Washington and then cashed in He signed that three-year, $86 million deal, fully guaranteed. He signed an extension recently. Kirk Cousins just has made a disgusting amount of money. And if you're Dak, I mean, you've got all the leverage in the world to command that multi-year extension. You know, the reports are out there that he wants to make Patrick Mahomes money, which would be upwards of, what, $44 million a season. But even so, if, if you're Dak Prescott and you're staring down a long-term deal in Dallas, you've got Mike McCarthy, who's going to be in his second season as a head coach, and then your general manager is basically Jerry Jones. I don't know 
you know, if you can go out there and make the same amount of money from different teams, does he does he benefit from locking in long term? You know, outside Dallas, really kind of backing up the Brinks truck and Dak securing the bag and getting that Mahomes type contract this offseason. Keep tabs on Twitter at Lockdown NFL Pods at Lockdown Cowboys. Marcus Mosher, one of our really talented hosts on the network. But what are you doing? Say you're Jerry Jones. Do you give in to his commands for long-term, multi-year deal? Do you just slap the franchise tag on him? Or do you move off of Dak Prescott? Let us know at Lockdown NFL Pods on Twitter and Instagram. Also hit me up at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. There's also, I'm going to tell you about another big name that could be on the move from the NFC East by the end of the show. But I'm fully anticipating, like, this is this is the calm before the storm. It's going to be complete chaos come this time next week. It's the negotiation window for the NFL for a couple of days before free agency officially opens on St. Patty's Day, March 17th, with the beginning of the new league year. It's your daily reminder, 52 days until the NFL draft. But who's counting? CEO of the Draft Network page, Demacos, joins us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your host, Bo Brock, and TDN is churning out just incredible content on a daily basis. She's also the host of TDN Fantasy. Mock Draft Machine is up and running on the website. Incredible work from the House of Athlete Combine over the weekend. But first... Paige, I saw your smoking Sundays on Twitter, and I nearly had like an Eric Stokes 4.2540 rushing to your residence in Phoenix. Uh, you know what's funny, man? It's everybody, my name and food have become synonymous with each other, right? Which is exactly <laughs> how it should be because I'm I'm Greek, and if you know anything about Greek people, food is a love language, and it's it's the way I got ingratiated to the bird gang. I brought food to a tailgate, and they welcomed me with open arms after they had my food, right? They were like, you you might be a Bears girl, but you can stay. You can stick around if you bring food like this. So, you know, I, I've always, that's always worked for me. It's always a good entry point in whatever you're doing. Bring over some good food, and you're probably going to make some friends. So it, it's worked well for me, and it uh, is definitely part of my Twitter brand. That's for sure. No doubt about it. It's a it's a great follow if you aren't following Paige already. The underscore sports page on Twitter, social media, and uh, you can get a good look at these. Was it ribs? Those look fantastic. Yes. So let's get into all the great stuff that uh, everybody's doing over at the, the Draft Network so my mouth can stop watering. Uh, give me a rundown of just some of the incredible insights at TDN. They gave us over the past weekend. Uh, just You've got the non-traditional NFL Draft Combine this year. How do you like the different look at things? You know, it's it's kind of one of those things that I can recall being in Indianapolis last year, being in a football bubble for about 10 days and walking out and about a week later, the whole world changes. Right. I mean, it was like that quickly that that I knew at that point, hey, we're going to have to prepare. We're going to have to do things differently. And so we've aligned ourselves with people who who kind of were more forward thinking about it and and planned accordingly. And one of those one of those people or peoples, I should say, is Brandon Marshall and Mo Wells over at the House of Athlete. They've got an unbelievable facility down in Florida. They're training some of the top tier athletes and they understood, hey, listen, these guys got to showcase their talents because they don't have an NFL combine. And unfortunately, everything I've got good friends at Exos and the way the agents kind of controlled what was going on over there, you know, putting it out 
on camera, putting it on a live stream makes people feel a lot more comfortable about the numbers that are being delivered, right? Because it's more traditional. It's more like what you're used to seeing on NFL Network. And you've got some of the best guys out there. You had Ryan Clark, right, that people are familiar with. And you got Brandon Marshall and you got Mo Wells, who comes from LSU and has had a longstanding time in that space as a trainer. So I think some of this stuff's going to stick, Bo. I mm-hmm. think some of it's going to be around more moving forward because the specialized training that is happening in the NFL is only going to grow. It's only going to continue. It's only going to get bigger. There's quarterback trainers and, you know, tight end trainers, and they're so specialized and it's just, it's a year round thing. That's what football is. It's become this whole specialized. I mean, there's kids that are there that are seventh, eighth grade, right? Hmm. They're training to be the next best guy. That's when it's starting. So I don't think this is going away. And I think it's only going to make what is a, you know, traditionally a couple events during draft season, it's going to make it multiple draft events during draft season, which, you know, I am obviously here for. Yeah, absolutely. Myself included. Paige Demakos joins us here. Of course, the Draft Network, the Locked On NFL podcast. Paige, what in your opinion is the most electric story of the 2021 NFL draft? Ooh, most electric story. <laughs> it's all these NFL quarterbacks that could potentially impact what draft night looks like. I think that's the biggest part of this, right? You've got Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. We're talking about guys that are the pinnacle of the NFL. We're not talking about backup quarterbacks, Bo. We're talking about the dudes in the NFL for major franchises in the end all across. And this could be, you telling me we could get Deshaun traded on draft night? Sign <laughs> me up. Give me all the drama. I want all of it. I want all these guys on different teams. I want Russell Wilson gone. I want Dak gone. I want Deshaun gone. <laughs> I want all the chaos. Feed it all to me. And that is what I'm loving about this. The power to the players, man. You, they're the quarterback. You better show up. You better show out for your guys. Or guess what? They're going to start using social media. You're going to, they're going to use their brand power to move themselves. And I love that. I love that because it's going to hold the owners accountable for putting the right pieces around these guys. And man, if I was Deshaun Watson, I'd be, I'd be asking for a trade every minute of every day until I got a trade. I'd just be hitting Nick Casario every day. I want to be traded. I want to be traded. I want to be traded until he did it. So that's the most electrifying part of this is because what does that mean? What picks move? What, what teams do we think are not in the quarterback market now that are all of a sudden in the quarterback market? There's so many implications to that bow. And uh, obviously you can tell I like the chaos. So yeah. as a girl who's never had a quarterback herself as a bears fan, <laughs> I obviously root for chaos. So I'm sorry. None of you can be happy because I can't be sorry. <laughs> yeah. Get, have the carousel go around so many times until one of those star quarterbacks lands in Chicago. And then, then you can be happy. Then you can say, "All right, let's let's just kind of take our foot off the gas a little bit here." Let me ask you this then: with uh, I mean, even we didn't even talk about these quarterback prospects. I mean, is twenty twenty one going to be the year that Trevor Lawrence entered the NFL, or that battle for who the second quarterback off the board is going to be? Yeah, I think the thing with Trevor is we've heard about Trevor for three years, right? Since he since he won a national championship as a freshman. He was talked about in high school. I mean, he's just been such a highly touted product that I don't, I don't want to diminish who he is as a prospect. It's just at a certain point, you kind of get 
you're, you're overhearing about it. Like there's not much to talk about. It's chalk. It's one it's Trevor. I don't think that anybody's going to overthink this. I know that people want to talk about, there's been certain people in draft media that are like, Oh, Zach Wilson, this, no, no, no. Okay. Just full stop on your Zach. Well, I'm no Trevor Lawrence, number one, full stop. It, it, enough is enough. Now the two conversation is very interesting. Uh, I think that's where, you know, I trust my scouting staff to be able to tell me, you know, I see certain things. I watch certain things. I pick up on certain things and I talk to people in the NFL and then we talk and we break things down and they talk to people in the NFL. And I just spent time with our director of scouting, Kyle Krabs, and he and I watched Justin Fields for three hours. We watched Zach Wilson for a couple hours. I just don't really understand why people are trying to talk themselves out of what they've seen on tape with Justin Fields. It's Mm -hmm. like they've seen it, but they don't want to see it, right? It's like, no, 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 no. I'd rather talk about what could be with Zach Wilson versus what I'm actually seeing on the tape. And and that is not a place that the Draft Network wants to be. We want to watch the tape. We want to go off of what we've seen and try and project that versus trying to go, Hey, Zach Wilson is toolsy or traitsy and could be Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. Please stop saying that. <laughs> like that needs to go away. Nobody's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Full stop. Right. It, it's, it's, it gets into this weird dynamic. So I think the, the more interesting conversation, Bo, is who is QB two. Right. And, and that Trey Lance kind of seems like this guy that's just on the outside looking in and man, I wish he had a football season to showcase what he could do. Cause I do think there's a, there's a part of me that if you've watched his tape, it's limited and it's against, you know, inferior competition, but man, he's, he's impressive. And he's also playing. He doesn't have the receivers that Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields had, right? Like that has to factor in as well. So, you know, I, I I think we're in for a real treat for where this actually kind of all falls because there's a lot of question marks for that QB two spot, but I feel pretty confident in Justin Fields uh, from the draft network perspective. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what happens. If it's even the New York jets that are making the selection at two overall, you know, is there going to be that quarterback hungry team that, that jumps up or is it the jets that are going to move off of Sam Darnold? That's one of those, uh, you know, that quarterback carousel that we already talked about here. Uh, it's, it's fascinating. And as far as Trey Lance is concerned, I had Trevor Sycamore on this podcast last week and he started to kind of talk me into Trey Lance. I'm kind of on the bandwagon as far as Trey Lance, the quarterback prospect out of North Dakota state. Let me get this uh, in before we go, because it is international women's day. The NFL just hired its first black woman official on the heels of Sarah Thomas officiating, officiating in the Super Bowl. four coaches now on NFL staffs. How do you feel? How do you view the current state of women in football page? Yeah, it's uh, it's hard not to be emotional about it, Bo, because it's it's something that's so like I'm so passionate about it, and I've always been such a such a huge football fan. And I grew up in a in a family that was really just completely <laughs> just a sports family. Like it's the best way to describe it. And I, my dad was a coach. Um, my brother played D one basketball. Like I was an athlete my whole life. My mom was an athlete. Like it's just it's what all I knew is part of the fabric of my DNA. And I, there was never a part of me that believed like I couldn't do anything because my family told me that I could. And I recognize that that's pretty unique because for a lot of people, they a don't have the family or the backing or, you know, the people around them to tell them, Hey, this is something you can do. And then two, they haven't seen it. And that representation is so powerful and seeing it is believing it, right? Seeing a a black female 
referee, there's a little girl watching that going, Hey, that could be me because she doesn't see a white guy and go, yeah, I could be that guy. Cause you can't. And, and so I think that representation is so powerful and it's not something I take lightly. And, and I think, you know, whether that's, you know, talking with schools or trying to mentor other women or trying to give back my time, um, you know, being a female executive in sports is pretty unique. There's not many of us. Um, and so I, I try to, you know, at least, you know, contact as many people as I can, you know, try and build this network as we build, build each other up. Cause it, it's, it's great for the sport. Um, there's so many female NFL fans, like so, so, so many. And I think they're finally feeling like, Hey, this isn't just like a pink Jersey. The NFL's throwing at me. Like they actually care about me. They're actually showing me that there are women that want to work in this league. And there are a lot of women and they're phenomenal. Uh, take a look at the buck staff case and point, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bruce Arians has been uh, pretty instrumental hiring one of the first, he had the, the intern a couple of years ago uh, with Jen Welter, just kind of really kind of getting things started as far as opening up doors for women in the league page, powerful words, just incredible. You're an inspiration. Uh, I'm so uh, proud to have you on this podcast. Of course, you got to check out, podcast at TDN fantasy check out all the work the great work being done over at the draftnetwork.com hey happy international women's day thanks for joining me for it thanks bo it'll be fascinating at this time next week how the title odds are going to shift as free agents make their way onto some new rosters betonline.ag they're going to have all those odds for you betonline is the fastest easiest way to bet on all your sports action football at least the NFL it's in the rearview mirror you do have some FCS action going on all the NBA action, betonline.ag's got you covered. Plus, you got to gear up for March Madness. It's a couple weeks away. BetOnline also covers awards TV shows and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Right now, head over to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device. Sign up, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you put in 50 bucks, you'll get 25 free extra dollars to play around with and build your stack. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Coming up next, Patricia Trana from Locked On Giants with a preview of the G-Men's offseason. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you heard Peter Bukowski hold things down on Monday. Now he's holding things down on Locked On Today. Peter takes you through all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. We have a ton of incredible female hosts here on the Locked On Network, including Patricia Trena, who's the host of the awesome Locked On Giants podcast. Patricia, thanks for joining us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. My pleasure, Bo. Now, I feel like this Giants team, there's not a, from a national perspective, there's not a whole lot of chatter surrounding the G-Men. Maybe you can kind of fill us what's in the works for year two of Joe Judge and year three of Daniel Jones. Yeah, so the Giants didn't finish with a winning record last year, but you know what? There was progress. You saw a direction, you saw a team that was competitive, you saw a team that also was missing a few pieces. And I think as they go into this offseason, they're going to look to stock up on some of those pieces. And, and we'll start with the offensive side of the ball. Daniel Jones, as you mentioned, 
just finished year two, didn't quite take the big leap forward that everybody thought he was going to take. But then again, you know, he was playing behind a new offensive line um, that had some inconsistencies. He had receivers who were dropping passes on him left and right. He lost his running back. He was in a new system. He really didn't have a whole lot of help if you think about it. So the Giants have kind of made getting him weapons and a better supporting cast of priority for the offseason. They can start with a, um, a wide receiver. They just released um, a Golden Tate uh, as part of their first roster clearing moves, and they're going to look to maybe get a number one receiver, somebody who can kind of draw that double coverage the way Odell Beckham Jr. used to. Uh, they will probably look to add another tight end to complement Evan Ingram. Um, offensive line, they're going to continue to build that. You know, Cam Fleming, who was the starter at right tackle, he is a free agent. So they're going to need to, to uh, address that position as well as determine what they're going to do with Nate Solder, who is coming back after being um, out of football last year due to COVID. Um, getting Saquon Barkley back is going to be huge for Daniel Jones. You know, he didn't have him for, for, uh, most of last season. So that's going to be big, but they're also going to need another running back to kind of take some of the, the burden off of Barkley while he gets his feet back underneath him. So a lot of work really to be done on the offensive side of the ball, which is kind of different from what they did last off season when they put a heavier emphasis on, on beefing up the defense. Yeah. It really seemed like that defense, especially towards the tail end of the season started to come alive. The Giants even had a four-game win streak, and I actually talked to you before, you know, as they were going to host the Arizona Cardinals going into that matchup, uh, and this was a team that was kind of uh, getting a little hype surrounding them, and then they end up dropping three straight, missing the playoffs. Do you think that this off, a strong offseason would really put this team in, in a weak division and in a position to contend in 2021? I think it will. I think it's going to come down to either the Washington Football Club or the Giants. And I say that because if you kind of look around the division, the NFC East, the Eagles are an absolute mess. I, I just don't expect them to really be competitive until they kind of get their feet back underneath them. Down in Dallas, who knows what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. If they sign him to a long-term deal, then maybe you can put the Cowboys back into the discussion. But right now, you, I don't see how you can. Washington, they're on the rise. They just need to resolve their quarterback situation. So it's going to be interesting to see if they trade for a quarterback or maybe look to trade up in the draft to get themselves a quarterback. And then, of course, you have the Giants who have a quarterback, but they don't have any you know, supporting cast or a strong enough supporting cast around him so they need to figure out the Giants that is a way to just improve you know that they had the 31st ranked offense last year the 31st ranked scoring offense they just didn't make enough plays and you know again part of that could be due to injuries part of that's due to the fact that they had a new system and maybe people weren't playing as quickly as they could have but a lot of that also has to lie on the talent and what they were missing yeah we're sitting here a week away from uh, you know legal tampering and basically NFL free agency opening up. Who do you who, who would you say is like th- would make the biggest splash for the New York Giants if they were able to sign this person next week? Well, if they're able to get Kenny Galladay of, of the uh, Detroit Lions, I think that would make a huge splash. That would also make a lot of Giant fans very happy. Hmm. I'm not so sure though that the Giants are 
going to shop on the high end of, of the uh, shopping aisle, so to speak. Hmm. They don't have a lot of cat money. And while there are ways they can clear cat money out, they have some other pressing needs they have to address first, namely Leonard Williams, who you know, could be looking at upwards of 19, 20 million a year, depending on the type of deal they're able to work out with him. They also would like to bring back Dalvin Tomlinson who was the uh, run-stuffing defensive tackle who paired so well with Williams. So I don't know if they're going to have a ton of money to shop, you know, in the filet mignon section, if you will. <laughs> yeah. They may have to settle for like sirloin or ground beef. But, you know, look, there's a lot of, you know, good receivers I think they can get who can who maybe aren't going to cost as much as like a Galladay or or an Allen Robinson of the Chicago Bears. So it's just and don't forget that this receivers class in the draft is is very very deep. It's deeper than last year's. So they're sure to to dip into that class. They didn't last year. They waited till um after the draft to to get receivers, but I think this year they're not going to wait. So 11, is is that potential that they could take one of these talented top receivers in, in the NFL draft? It's possible. It depends on who falls down to them. You know, if Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida State, is there, I could see them grabbing him. Um, if uh, one of the Alabama kids are there, you know, Joe Judge with his connection to Nick Saban in Alabama, certainly got to consider that. And, and then uh, you have Jamar Chase, who's, you know, probably the top rated um uh, receiving prospect in this class so if he somehow slides down the board to them I could see them maybe going in that direction but you know it also depends on who else is there you know what what happens if the offensive tackle from Oregon slides down to them you know Mm -hmm. do they maybe go in that direction so it could be you know right now it's a toss-up but if you look at the mock drafts and what a lot of people have the Giants doing it's predominantly offense it's either Pitts, Waddle or um Smith from Alabama. Yeah, yeah, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. I, I just real quick before I, I let you go here. I mean, where where is all the cap money tied up? Because you got the rookie quarterback contract with Daniel Jones. Who's who's taken up over the bulk of that that cap on this roster? Well, wow, that's a that's a good question. I mean, really, it's a lot of people. You know, we could start with Nate Solder, yeah, and Kevin Zeitler, two of the top cap figures on the Giants. Nate Solder opted out last year, as is his right. You know, now nobody's blaming him for that, given you know the circumstances. But now he's talking about coming back if the situation is right. I just can't see how the situation would be right. I mean, unless I'm you know missing something. I don't see how this could potentially work, not when the Giants have gone ahead and drafted Andrew Thomas, who was their future at left tackle. The other um, tough decision the Giants have to make involves Kevin Zeitler, who at right guard was one of their most consistent offensive linemen, along with Nick Gates, the center, last year. Now, Zeitler counts for $14.5 million against the cap. They release him, they'll save $12 million. But if they release him, now they're creating a hole. So you they have to weigh the pros and cons here. The pros being if they release him, they get the cap money. But if they keep him, they're contributing to Daniel Jones's arsenal. They're giving them they're giving him a guy who can, you know, who was pretty good with pass protection last year, who was pretty good with run blocking. Wasn't, you know, perfect, but 
he was solid. So they have to weigh the pros and cons there and come to a decision. Maybe they rework his number. I, I say there's a way they can rework it to lower that number to maybe half of what it is. I know I've done that exercise on my podcast and on my my website giants country so uh we'll see how they approach it it's gonna be fascinating it's gonna be one of the teams that you're gonna want to follow along with all off season long how do they surround daniel jones going into year three with the weapons necessary to compete in this uh in the nfc east and of course just in the nfc picture overall patricia trana she's gonna hook you up with all that information of course follow her on twitter at patricia underscore trana and of course, read her work, GiantsCountry.com, SI.com, and subscribe. Listen to Locked On Giants podcast. Patricia, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. We might be weeks away from the NCAA tournament, but we're going to crown a champion and we're going to have some March Madness even before the big dance. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar, the, Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate. On all bars. Now it's time to find out which built bar is the best. It's built bar madness. Yeah, wow. It's built bar madness. And today's matchup is apple almond crisp versus churro puff, peanut butter brownie versus raspberry. Just like any tournament, it's survive in advance. But as far as the built bar bracket goes, it's the most delicious bar moves on. And in the matchup between churro puff and apple almond crisp, think I might take the upset here. I love the churro puff. And then as far as our other game, peanut butter brownie versus raspberry, it's just a bad day for raspberry because it's tough to beat peanut butter brownie. You want to participate in the Built Bar bracket? Go to BuiltBar.com or at Built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20, one word, to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will be crowned the best-tasting protein bar. There's some trade interest swirling around a big-time name out of the NFC East. I'll tell you who it is. It's all coming up. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. You heard Paige mention it, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. They could be on the move this offseason. Tune in to Locked On Seahawks and Locked On Texans to hear what our local experts are willing to trade for the star quarterbacks. Listen to Locked On Seahawks and Locked On Texans on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Could the Seahawks help smooth things over with Russell Wilson if they added a playmaking tight end to the roster? Mike Silver of NFL Network says that multiple teams have called the Eagles about the possibility of trading for the three-time Pro Bowl tight end. Ertz and a deal could happen in the next couple days, according to two sources familiar with the talks. Where could Ertz go? Could he go to Seattle? They added Greg Olson last year. He didn't make much of an impact. Ertz, as far as his impact, I think a lot of people skeptical at that his age. He's now over 30. He'll be 31 uh, come November. Just 36 catches for 335 yards and a touchdown. His numbers scaled way back from what we're used to seeing from Zach Ertz. 2019, 88 catches for 916 yards. Previous season, just a monster. 116 catch performance with 1,100 yards receiving. Could he also be in play to rejoin his former quarterback, Carson Wentz, in Indianapolis, and also former OC Frank Reich, who's the head coach, of course, for the Colts. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. At this time next week, we're going to know where a lot of big-name free agents are going to land as the negotiation window opens up 
on March 15th, just before NFL free agency officially opens up March 17th. Your hosts tomorrow, Ross Jackson, Lucas Braun. They'll have an update for you as tomorrow's officially the deadline to franchise tag players. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Happy International Women's Day. I'll talk to everybody next week right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast.